0: The open, flying over a brick-built city, gridded streets still slick with the morning's rain. Dark green forests cover the distant landscape, but the foothills beyond are hidden behind a layer of mist as the rains move on. This is Pinedale, Oregon, and not a lot happens here, usually. In the areas between chain-fast casual restaurants lies a sense of important unimportance. It is paramount to Pinedale's families and citizens that not a lot happen and not a lot change. Unfortunately, their wishes will not be respected because big things, as they often do, are bubbling to the surface. However, that comes later. For now, what we see is another brick building, a full three stories, higher than most of the buildings around it. Its north wall reads KKTC, dry patches underneath the raised letter away from the brick wall. Still flying in, we enter through a slightly ajar window to find a frazzled woman pushing items into a green box. Here, we find Mali Maleficarum who has just been fired. So, Susan, Molly, this is you. Take us through. Who's Molly? What?
1: All right. Molly is in her early 20s. She just graduated from the university here in Pinedale, Oregon. She was one of the morning anchors at KKTC. Unfortunately, after about three weeks on air, Molly got caught making some embarrassing comments regarding her experience at the Silver Stranger, which is a restaurant near the KKTC building, and also one of the morning show's biggest sponsors.
0: Yikes on bikes. Yeah.
1: So after accidentally mentioning on camera that she hopes no one is idiotic enough to actually eat dinner at the Silver Stranger because everyone knows that their service is complete trash and also the last time I ate there I ordered the eggs and it gave me the worst case of the shits that I've had in ages <laughs> oh my god why is that what why is that light on are we on air oh my god
0: all right so that's why she's uh, packing up her box right now in her office Uh Furiously trying to stay outside the uh, realm of the windows as she sees everyone in the newsroom staring in at her Uh, as they stare through the windows. What what might they see?
1: Um, So they see Molly. She is um, pretty short, but um, surprisingly strong. She's got curly brown hair. She's dressed in her, you know, news anchor outfit. So she's got a a blazer on um, skirt heels. She's dressed very professionally. Um, She's looking pretty flustered right now. Her face is really red, her hair's kind of a mess, and she's just furiously throwing everything from her desk into this big Rubbermaid container. Um, Just trying to get out of there as fast as she can. This whole morning has been an absolute nightmare, and she just wants to get home.
0: Finally, out of a drive through Pinedale's downtown, across the Sampson River, across Lincoln Island, you arrive underneath your apartment, parking your car and uh, snagging your belongings out of the backseat. so as you head upstairs you open your apartment door which remains unlocked thanks to your roommate still not being at work your roommate ophelia helm sits up on the couch fully awake immediately you don't know if she was actually all the way asleep or what first her first words out of her mouth are you serious she says and kicks her blanket off of her legs
1: oh god please don't tell me it's all over social media already it's only been two hours
0: she stands up and goes to the kitchen to fetch a bottle of wine from the cabinet, uh, ignoring the fact that it's about 12 noon. Well, the, po- the video I posted has gotten over what a... What do you d- mean the
1: video you posted? How You're supposed to have my back in this.
0: How am I not supposed to? You said you got a case of the shits.
1: You were with me and you did too. At least I didn't yeah, well, mention your name on TV.
0: Yeah, that would have really effed it up for both of us because I still have a job at that station.
1: Ugh, Ophelia, this is a nightmare. What am I supposed to do?
0: I I don't know. I mean, Pinedale, although small, isn't isn't very cheap and I can't hold this apartment by myself.
1: Okay, I literally just got fired two and a half hours ago, and you're already lecturing me about making sure I'm upholding my end of the end of the rent. Thanks a lot, Ophelia.
0: She said, I got you wine. And she yeah. pops the cork. So how are you? Go- How is Molly going to deal with this sort of stress and embarrassment? She
1: is going to spend, I am going to spend the first couple hours of the day drinking wine um, in various states of undress on the couch. And I am going to decide, I've decided that I'm just going to get it over with. I'm going to watch every clip of it and read every comment I can find online.
0: feeling goes, that's not very healthy and then leaves for work. She comes home from her job. She's a a like early evening. So like the four or five Mm. o'clock edition. She's the weather girl. How much wine have you drank?
1: Well, the bottle that you got me this morning, plus I found another one in the cupboard. And then there was one that I had wrapped up that I was planning to give to my cousin Lucy for her bachelorette party. But I suppose I can just get her another one.
0: Uh, let's keep going, because I got you this. And she pulls out a bottle of tequila. It's okay.
1: I drink a shot. Uh, Molly drinks a shot of tequila.
0: Okay. I'm going to fast forward. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm i I'm willing to bet that's how the rest of the night's going to yep. go. So Molly drinks uh, the rest of the shot of tequila, and do le do li We go to the, uh, we find Molly, uh, blankets entirely over her head, waking up, uh, in her bed. So she must have done something mm-hmm. right. Uh, waking up over, or, uh with her blankets under her head to the sound of her phone ringing.
1: Hello, Molly. Uh,
0: It's too late. You you didn't get there in time, so it must have been ringing for some time before you woke up. So I don't mean to uh, enforce any sort of motivation on you, but you are not feeling super good. Three bottles of wine plus some tequila. not Mixing plus sugar plus, in general,
1: depression. I stumble out of bed and into the kitchen. And uh, open up the fridge, and in the back corner where I know Olivia keeps her secret stash of Gatorade for the morning after her rough nights, and I take a couple swigs of Gatorade with some ibuprofen. Um, I open up my phone and, very groggily while still chugging Gatorade, listen to my voicemail.
0: You hear on the thing, or uh, in a in a deeper voice than I can provide, and more stuttering. Hi, Wally. This is uh, uh, Arthur Darby. I'm I'm calling you about your uh, application. Well, uh, it's a little unorthodox, but we'd love to have you on our Pinedale investigative team. You're, uh, uh, well, well, in any case, we've got you scheduled for a four o'clock. Uh, just come. It's going to be a pretty casual interview. Uh, you don't need to bring anything but your questions and investigative skills. Uh, this was uh, uh, Arthur Darby from Pinedale Investigation. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Four o'clock. And then he hangs up. You were looking up uh, in your drunken state, looking up possibilities, uh, people who were hiring because you, uh, you were sort of strapped. Looking up extra jobs. You found Pinedale Investigative on a disreputable website. Uh, thought it, the name sounded interesting and maybe you could pitch it to Vice as a uh, I went to this private eye. Pinedale Investigative sounds like a private eye, but it must be some journalism job after all if they want you. You've got a journalism degree, Molly mm-hmm. does.
1: Um, what time is it right now?
0: Uh, you woke up around 10.15.
1: Okay. Terrible. I decide that I got a little over five hours to get myself together and get across the river to Pinedale Investigative. Yeah.
0: He, there, he included a, a address, I'm going to say. You found the address yeah. online.
1: And so I better get myself together, I hop in the shower, make some coffee, try to get through this hangover.
0: Okay, so you're you're just going for it. Yep. You're just picking yourself up, dusting yourself off.
1: What else can I do? Ophelia's going to kick me out.
0: Okay, what, what will Molly wear to an interview? What... We'll
1: say navy blue blazer, uh, gray skirt, green top. I'm a little uncolor coordinated this morning.
0: That's the most you can ask. So you go through lunch, you shave your legs. <laughs> I don't know what. Run through your your stock interview answers. And then mm-hmm. it comes four o'clock. Or it, how how early is Molly to it? We're just trying to we're just trying to feel Molly out here.
1: Okay, Molly. Now that she's had her night of mourning and and
0: <laughs> gotten through
1: uh gotten through the initial shock and embarrassment of her flub and her firing yesterday. You check She's Twitter, decided. It's still that the best thing to do is keep her head down log off all forms of social media and just try to get back out there
0: grindstone
1: so she's going to she's going to arrive at pinewood investigative 30 minutes early
0: okay so at 330 you you pull over uh, it's across the river it's right underneath the interstate uh, that you you find the building that you're looking for you check your phone one last time because you've arrived at a nondescript flat it's a single story mm. brick building long and skinny away from the street going underneath the interstate you can see the gigantic support columns uh, flanking the building it has very little in the way of advertising or labeling nothing no banner screaming pinedale investigative Uh, only the address numbers on the side of the building reassure you that you're at the right place you're greeted by the smell of cubicles and fluorescent lighting you this hear the sound of a doctor's waiting room and a rosy-cheeked woman behind the desk uh, welcomes you she says hi you must be molly please take a seat arthur will be right with you
1: okay i set my um briefcase down on the ground i've got my little uh port pad folio ready and, and a pen in hand i'm ready for this interview
0: all right uh, arthur arrives quickly uh he is wearing a like black polo with the gray under things a very mm-hmm. under army kind of polo and some sensible gray slacks okay. you look down at his feet and he's wearing running shoes instead of uh, like dress shoes which strikes you as a little odd, but it's kind of like dad uniform yeah. type shoes. Uh, he's, he arrives and, oh, uh, Molly, welcome. I am so happy to have you here. She He kind of like claps you on the shoulder and rubs it around a little bit. I'm very happy to have you here. Uh, are, are Do you want to take a look around before he says anything? I was just going
1: to take a look around the room to, to see what else I could see and what else I could figure out about Pineal.
0: Do you want to go for a – sounds like you're trying to – where is uh, – uh, uh, I'm trying to
1: investigate a mystery. I'm trying to figure out um, what kind of work these folks do here at Pineal Investigative.
0: Seven plus what?
1: Um, seven plus one.
0: Eight. Eight. So that's a mixed success. Okay. On a seven to nine.
1: Um, one hold can be spent to ask the keeper one question. So you get to ask eight. one question. Um, what kind of work do you all do here?
0: So, what kind of work do they do here? You're asking me, not. me. Uh, what kind of work do they do here? I have to tell you the truth. This is like a, a stepping out game of the game thing. Yeah. yeah, I have to tell you the truth, but I can only I only have to tell you what you could discern. Okay. So I have to be honest, but not everything. If okay, that makes sense. So, what kind of work they do here? You can tell uh, there's a lot of people working uh, on computers as you look in, but it is this is something that you do notice uh, curiously indistinct. Like, they put effort into making sure there wasn't anything to grab hold of. It's, like, ultra frictionless. Okay. Uh, Please, we're uh, ready for you now. So, if you... Could just come back. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll be ready to ask you some questions. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sounds great. Um, so, yeah. I'm ready.
0: So as you walk back, he gestures. He's like, here we have our uh, primary investigative services. Uh, you won't be working with them too much. That's a lot of research. We need your skills uh, in public relations, he says. Uh, and so as he's... he's walking you back with the like the weird sort of office carpet that's not quite like padded but Mm. it's extraordinarily quiet when you walk on it uh you can see a couple glass faces with people sitting behind desks with heavy one tables uh one desk and he says uh pay no attention in there that's not going to be you that's not going to be you that's not you're not going to spend a lot of time uh in this building you're either going to be off or in the field as we call it because you you did some pretty good work right out of college Uh, i saw you on the news before <clears throat> well, <laughs> uh, doing some on-location reporting. There's going to be a lot of on-location stuff here. And so he takes you into the office. He sits down. He says, great. So, normal, standard. I mean, we're a normal company. Normal thing. Uh, standard interview questions. Uh, but we get a little – there are some things uh, that might be a little different. We still want to have good employees we're still a workplace he says
1: okay yeah um i i think that in my previous position i, I really demonstrated great my, he says okay
0: uh so we'll start off normal uh what are your what are your strengths as a worker employee yeah. uh, person
1: i think that um some of my strengths are my determination mm. and my ability to follow through on oh, things good um i think that I I definitely am very logical and I'm good at analysing the situations. Oh, yeah. And and determining where I can be the most effective. Mm-hmm.
0: Great, great. And you see him like put a piece of, a pencil to the piece of paper and like zoop 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 zoop, zoop pretend like he's right puts the pencil down. And uh weaknesses. Anything? Um What I'm sorry. What what would you say your weaknesses are?
1: I think that. Sometimes I have a tendency to say things before necessarily thinking about them oh. or examining mm-hmm. my surroundings. Yes. Sometimes I can be a little
0: impulsive as well. Ah, such as such as life, say la vie, la vie. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yes. Good job. Um, yeah. What are some examples of times you've worked well with a group or a partner, for example?
1: Well, definitely with my old position at KKTC, um, there mm. were a- and that's the news. Correct. Yeah. Yes, I saw um, There were always a there's always a, a team of folks that were out on the field. You mentioned my on-site reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there would fantastic. be fantastic. Yeah, there would be a, a whole team of us: um, the camera folks, myself, um, several other reporters, typically working on a case. And I think, as you mentioned, we often did a great job of bringing that news home to the viewer.
0: Fantastic. Uh, a case. I like how you put that. What are uh, uh, do you have any uh, phobias? Things you are afraid of.
1: The omelets of the silver stranger.
0: (laughs) No, but really. Um And like you see the most intensity that he's put forward so far, like as he leans onto his desk, no but like phobias.
1: As he leans into me, I lean back a little bit. You're separated by a desk.
0: Yeah, but still
1: I like shift my padfolio between us just because his intensity is making me a little uncomfortable right now. Um Not necessarily any phobias, but I I will say two things that I'm not overly fond of would be large crowds, and Mm. I shudder involuntarily, spiders.
0: Okay, well, uh, you won't have to deal with many large crowds here, so that's very good. Uh, What are your growth goals for this uh, position?
1: To be honest, Arthur, sir, I just want to get my professional reputation back in line.
0: Well, I I have very good news. You can make a, a great living here, uh, and not have to worry about your professional reputation. He says, uh, which I'm I'm sure will be <clears throat> flawless at Pine Dale. Uh, sorry, getting back. Uh, any any allergies? Penicillin? Uh, morphine?
1: Uh, allergies?
0: Yes, standard questions for normal businesses.
1: Um, n- no, I, I I don't have any allergies. One time I had a weird reaction to some lotion from Bath and Body Works, but other than that, and well, you know,
0: <laughs> the, we, we we won't have to, uh, too many cases about lotion. He says
1: that and the uh, you know the omelet situation. Other than that, no.
0: Oh well, that's that's very good. And he actually writes some stuff down. Um, so uh, have you ever had any dreams that? Oh, I'll ask this. Uh, what's your what's your dream job? Your dream position? If you won the lottery type thing, what would you do?
1: I mean, my dream. For a job. My dream position. Since you
0: don't have to worry about money.
1: My dream job would be to to get back on the air and potentially move away from Pinedale and into a larger city. Mm. Having the opportunity to be a morning anchor for a new show in Portland, that's the dream.
0: Mm. He says, and he writes something down. Uh, Well, speaking of dreams, have you ever uh, had any dreams that have seemed to come true?
1: Um one time in middle school I had a dream about my friend Olivia getting deep pants in front of a whole group of people at a pep rally and then a couple months later it actually happened that's the only example I can think of though
0: okay that and would you say you've, you found any other sort of latent magical abilities magical <laughs> or prophetic uh, um... supernatural <laughs> No.
1: I I don't believe in any of that stuff.
0: Okay. Well, uh I have to ask, was it you who duped her?
1: No, it wasn't. It might have been me that gave Joey the idea, but it wasn't me that actually did the pulling.
0: Okay, well, influential. <laughs> um do strange voices ever tell you to do things either bad or good?
1: Okay, this interview is getting a little off the rails. Voices, magic? No. None of that. I told you, I don't believe in that stuff.
0: Great. Uh, Do you have any hobbies?
1: Um, I crochet.
0: Fantastic. I've
1: done some needlepoint. I really love to cook.
0: Nice. Uh, Have you ever trained with any firearms?
1: Um, I shot a gun once in the 11th grade. My boyfriend lived out on a farm and we went and, what's that thing where they shoot the little clay pigeons up into the sky? Skeet. Yeah, we did that.
0: Nice. Were you any good at it?
1: Actually, yeah, surprisingly so.
0: Hmm. And he actually read something down. He fall, he puts his uh, his you know, thing he's putting forward down and says, Molly, I'm, I have to come a little bit clearer with you. The end of our, our name is not Pinedale Investigations. Uh, and I've been asking these questions for a reason, and you, you've noticed I've seen that they're a little odd. And we're we try to keep things normal and natural, but The truth of the matter is that our full title is uh, Pinedale Investigative Supernatural Services. We're not a detective agency. We're uh, dealing with, as the name suggests, supernatural things in Pinedale and the surrounding areas.
1: What do you mean by supernatural?
0: Uh, More than natural, it's Latin...
1: Okay, because I, uh, I understand what the word means, but can you give me an example?
0: Well, it's funny, and you hear a knock on the door. Uh, Arthur seems surprised. He goes, I'm, I'm interviewing Roman. You can't. And the, the man comes in anyways. And this man, this uh, swarthy, heavy-lidded man, dark hair, comes in, says, well, what does this guy sound like? It's nearly sundown, the man says, you take to be, Roman says, with purpose underlying his seemingly boring words. The interview must, for all of its awkwardness, have flown by uh, because if you entered, the sun was still hitting the streets. Mm-hmm. So something must have – you got longer on your tour than you thought or something. It's later than you originally. And so uh, Arthur says, oh, uh, that, that was quick. That's fall for you, I suppose. It's October. The days are getting shorter. Uh, now, listen, Molly, before I go with Roman here, I think – I'm just going to say – that, Given your interview and given what I know about you, uh, you should be perfect for the public relations wing of our organization. Uh, in fact, if you're interested in checking out more about, like you asked, what this is about, you could come with us right now as a sort of orientation, I suppose.
1: Um, I hope this isn't too crass of me, but before I accept and come with you, can I ask about... Pay and benefits?
0: Arthur says, no, no. We'll handle all that tomorrow. We'll get contracts signed and everything. You will be well compensated, believe me. Uh, Your apartment over there on the other side of the river will be fine. Uh, Oh, yeah, it'll be okay. We do more than enough to take care of you there. Roman says, Arthur, I don't want her holding us back. Strictly speaking, I don't even want you holding me back. He hooks his thumbs into his belt. I work better alone, especially with a case like this. And you can see he's got a couple like gadgets on his belt.
1: I can't help myself, and I'm just incredibly intrigued by Roman. I've never seen a person like this before. I have no idea what anyone's talking about. So, despite my misgivings, I decide to go with them.
0: Okay, Arthur claps his hands. Wonderful. We'll we'll get you. Uh, you'll you're going to love it. You're going to be really interested in it. A woman like you is, is going to be. Uh, a sure fit. And so you start walking out of the office. Roman kind of grumbles got right, to take care of this on my own. He's grumbling as he's walking past. Uh, you walk through the rest of the desks as you start to look at over people's shoulders. They're kind of turning to look at you. There's probably about maybe 11 total people in the office, kind of office drone type people. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you look over the shoulders, you can see more of those uh, disreputable websites. Something kind of like jars in your brain from the fog of the night before and you were kind of on some of these Stuff like uh, the Mothman spotted, you know, Bigfoot lives in Denver kind of sites, and all of them seem to be on this. And so you're, you're wondering if they're just off task or where the spreadsheets are or something like that. Part of me starts to wonder
1: if everyone is a little bit off their rocker at this place. They all seem to be really into conspiracy theories, all of Arthur's questions about the supernatural Kind of wondering what I'm getting myself into.
0: Yeah. So uh, as you you walk through, you notice that all of a sudden one of the what you took originally for a support column uh, about two thirds of the way into the because remember there's a very long office uh, two thirds of the way into the office uh, is in fact not a support column but an elevator shaft. You did not notice this before. Uh, you uh, Arthur steps forward, presses the down button. You uh, hear the chime of the elevator. Both of them file inside. It's this really clean, sleek. A lot of the rest of the stuff is boring, like, you know, office stuff. And there's this really clean, slick elevator. The door is shut, and he presses the, the B1 uh, button. The, the soft blue light around the circle pops up. It's it's all very clean, and he didn't expect it to be that clean, looking a lot more techie than usual. As you op- as the door is open, you find that it is just a large basement with folders and storage cases. Uh, Arthur kind of looks a little bit sheepish, and he's like, uh we don't let the the unrefurbished basement. We're on the top of our game because things are looking a little like you're practically expecting to see a reel the reel down here. <laughs> That's like everything's in a very burnt orange kind of thing, super seventies. Yeah, uh and so there's a small little parking garage like of company cars. You're willing to bet that whoever comes to work has a different place to park for their day job, but company cars are parked down here. You can see the garage door at the end of the like after a short hallway or whatever uh it's a sensible chevy impala uh no markings or anything like that it's got a usual license plate but you can tell as you get in uh there's uh like uh what do they call it with the windows with little squares like wired windows oh yeah caged whatever. windows Yeah, caged windows uh on the back side and in the middle but hopefully when roman grumbles and gets in the pat or the uh, driver's seat he shuffles one over so you can talk to the people in the front um you pull out of the Pine or of the uh Pine investigative building uh onto the street take hang a left hang a right hang a left uh and you are on your way uh to a just a section of town you've been there before there's nothing much of note uh it's getting into the warehousey type thing just buildings okay <laughs> you don't know what's here what you're going to so as you're on your way the sun is beginning to set the streets are in shadow but the sky is still lit up uh stopping at stoplights very calmly, Arthur kind of turns around to you and he goes, Now I don't want to make too much of what should be a uh, uh uh simple case, but uh you should probably stand a couple paces back from me and especially a couple back from Roman. He gets he likes it and Roman I like my space. I like to work alone. He says, I wish you weren't here.
1: Okay, you don't have to be quite so obvious about it there, Mr. Subtle. I will stay out of your
0: way. Uh, and Arthur goes, and uh, what do you, uh, are those pumps or heels? My shoes? Yeah.
1: They're, they're heels. They're pretty sensible, too. Only three, mm. four inches.
0: As the as the cart starts coming to a stop in front of one more and this just vast uh, brick, nothing buildings... Uh, the, he comes to stop and Arthur goes. Uh, let's go to the trunk, and he opens the trunk up, and he's got uh, several different shoe boxes arranged by size. And as you open all of them up, they all are the same exact shoe that he, style of shoe that he is wearing. You look down and realize that Roman also is wearing a, a slightly more stylish, but still running shoe. He goes, "I, uh, you, I'm sorry, I didn't think to bring socks, but I, you should put on these." He says, "And he goes, what are you an eight,
1: seven and a half?" Uh,
0: I always had an eye for it. <clears throat> so he gets out the shoes and he gives them to you and he goes uh, i would prefer you put those on quickly sun is setting
1: okay i slip into the shoes i tie them up as quickly as i can lamenting the fact that these look absolutely ridiculous with the pencil skirt that i'm currently wearing
0: okay and as you are walking down like uh, uh, uh and as you're walking you can't help but notice. That uh, Roman drops a crowbar out of his sleeve, like a pry bar, as he's walking towards the door with pretty good purpose. Uh, Arthur kind of checks his notes one last time and walks up to the door with him.
1: Um, I have left my cell phone in the backseat of the car, and I'm starting to think that that was a gigantic mistake, because these two strange men have taken me to a strange, kind of desolate, isolated part of town, I'm really wishing that I could shoot a text to Ophelia and at least let her know where I am so someone could find the body.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so as uh, Roman checks his watch one last time and looks up and you hear him kind of curse under his breath and that Christian Bale Batman voice of his and Arthur uh, looks back at you with worry. Uh, Roman goes to put the pry bar into the wall to try and uh, get the door open. Uh, but before he can firmly get it in place, the, the door blows open. So with this uh extraordinary do you have anything? Is there something that you would like to do?
1: Maybe not quite yet.
0: Okay. Uh with in this sort of isolated area, there's not a lot of people on the street, uh which you thank God for because as the door blows open, kind of knocking Roman to the side, he wasn't expecting it to blow open. Uh you look to find about a six-foot-tall sort of uh man type thing, moving herky jerky, you can't quite make out the face. Uh, as he comes more into the streetlight outside of the, the door frame, you can see that it's six foot, very broad-shouldered, uh, and the reason you can't make out the shape or, or of his face or any other sort of identifying details is because he is wrapped in uh, uh, bandages. Arthur looks back at you and looks at Roman and digs something out of his pocket and kind of tosses them to you. Uh, roll to keep... or I don't think I can make you roll, actually, in this game, but... Just to show. I'd like you to act under pressure to catch them.
1: Okay, um, so acting under pressure. I have 8 plus 2 is 10.
0: Okay, you snag them straight out of the air uh, like you are a uh, wide receiver with only one hand to catch them. And you look down to find that they are brass knuckles. Uh, as you look at the brass knuckles, on these brass knuckles you can see a little crucifix, uh, like cross insignia on the, the the punchy part of the brass knuckles. And you can feel a little bit of tingly. In, in your fingers so you you're holding them right now
1: okay um i have never held a pair of brass knuckles before i don't really know how they work but i watched some action movies with my dad when i was younger i think i remember i them on my hands and crouched
0: down in like a ready position um, so you put the brass knuckles on your hand There, uh, The man in the bandages is walking Extraordinarily slowly but with loud Heavy steps you can hear sort of like a uh, Kind of growl coming from him
1: mm-hmm. When the door Blasted open roman fell
0: yeah he got like back okay. to the side uh
1: <coughs> i first i'm gonna go and take a look at roman and see if there's anything i can do okay
0: you would be passing arthur and passing the guy Ooh. in the bandages to get to rome he's on the okay. other side of you
1: um i am gonna kind of hang back behind arthur for right now kay. because he said to keep back
0: so outside or out of arthur's uh suit pocket he presents like one of those little security batons and twink it he thwinks it open Takes a bottle out of the other side of his jack, or he's wearing a polo at the like a hip flask type mm-hmm. thing, and you can see him dousing the the uh, security rod and something, okay. and then uh, he runs up with a quick little juke to the side and smacks the guy in the face with the security baton. Uh, you can hear a real heavy hit, thunk, Uh and then past that in the in the the silence that follows it, a little bit of sizzling.
1: Um, is the is the the creature still moving?
0: Yeah, he's just he's growling again. He doesn't seem to be having uh, have too much purpose. He's mad about being hit in the face.
1: Um, I sneak kind of like around behind Arthur, and I decide that whatever the hell is happening, I'm gonna get a hand in it. And so I take a swipe at the creature, um, like at his back. I'm I'm behind him.
0: Okay, so you're b- are you behind Arthur or behind the creature?
1: I've run around Arthur. So I'm like so coming up from that behind guy is. the creature.
0: <clears throat> um, I'm going to say you're helping out and instead of okay. kicking some ass. So roll to help out.
1: Okay. Uh, that is seven plus two is nine.
0: So that's a mixed success, right?
1: Yep. So what's that? So eight? your help grants the person plus one to their roll. Um, so yeah. plus one to Arthur. <laughs> but I also expose myself to trouble.
0: So as you start to run around, uh, the the guy in the bandages turns instead of focusing on Arthur and turns to you and begins lumbering towards you as if to. Uh, he actually does. Uh, the man in the bandages seizes you and he just smells terrible. Smells very very old.
1: Okay. Um. I. I he's am. He's very
0: strong. He's. I think he's got you. So unless you are. Uh. I think that he he has you. Uh, and then you hear another one. Of those thwacks to the back of his head. Okay. Hear another hiss, and the monster or the person you don't know if it's a monster okay. uh, <laughs> drops you uh, and turns back to the other. Uh, turns back to Arthur with another growl. He's not super happy. Uh, where he has got hit with the baton in the back of the head, you can see a dent in those bandages, but he's not bleeding at all.
1: Okay, um, as soon as he drops me, I, like, scurry backwards. Um, It pops through my head that I'm completely ruining the skirt, but I'm trying to get as far away from this guy as I can. I'm retreating.
0: As you scurry uh, backwards, you see Roman in his... uh, Now you realize that it's not just any sort of, like, casual jacket. It's like a padded motorcycle jacket that he's been wearing around. And you see him kind of uh, take a lighter out and take a spray can and flick the Zippo lighter around, flink, and spray uh, using aerosol as a sort of improvised flamethrower onto this this guy, okay. uh, you can see very very quickly those bandages start to catch fire, and he's the guy is very very mad about it, uh, and he starts rat- thrashing about.
1: Um, I I stay where I am, but I also yell at Roman. What are you doing? He goes, close the door, close it, close the door.
0: And he he's gesturing towards the warehouse as he like with his head. As he continues to spray the, the guy with the flamethrower. Improvised flamethrower. Um,
1: I I, I decide to listen to him because the dude's got fire. And so I run up and try to close the door.
0: Okay. As you close the door, you can see a small little cat. Uh, hairless. Uh, stinks pretty bad. Uh, dead. Uh, run out the door. It's dead? Yeah, it looks pretty dead. It was really skinny. But it's running? Yeah. Uh,
1: okay. Um...
0: You hear, as this starts to happen, Roman says, close the door. And Arthur goes, ah, oh, shit, the cat. And he starts running after it.
1: Okay, so I have, have I shut the door completely?
0: Yeah, now you've now shut the door.
1: Okay, I decide that um, Arthur and the cat are a lot less intimidating than Roman and this creature that is now completely engulfed in flames. And so I run after Arthur and the cat.
0: Okay, as you running after the cat, you thank God you got some uh, uh, shoes on. Uh, so I'm, so you are... Uh, Headed out. You might use this opportunity to read a bad situation if you were so interested.
1: Um I I would like to I would like to do that. Um and that is I get a plus sharp, so plus one for sharp. Let's see. I also um one of my extra moves is that I am a tactical genius, so when I read a bad situation, I roll plus cool instead of plus sharp. So disregard what I just said, I'm actually rolling plus two. Not good enough, though, because that's a 3 plus 2 is 5.
0: So that is a failure. So mark one experience, because in this game you level up through failing, which is kind of okay. fun. Yeah. Uh, but what happens when you fail to read a bad situation? You just don't get anything?
1: Um, well, I, I just really have no idea what's okay, going so on. Okay, so you're
0: continuing okay. to chase the cat. Uh, the cat's pretty quick. You can see Arthur, once again, take that baton out, and he just hucks it at the cat. Uh, as it impacts the cat, uh, you hear... Uh, a, really weird like not catty kind of like screech like, as the cat falls over and uh the the baton is resting on it and you can see it start to sink down into it as it as it keeps sizzling
1: um i have this has been a really stressful 24 hours i've kind of had enough i i whirl
0: around and i look at arthur and say what the hell are you doing that poor thing looked miserable what'd you do that for and he goes uh now just hold on a second and he, no time and he picks it up by the scruff of the neck and uh takes his baton one last time and you can see him beginning to swing on this cat by the, the scruff of his neck i
1: grab him by the arm
0: <laughs> okay roll to uh help out because i guess you're helping the cat
1: yeah uh four plus four is eight and
0: help out is plus cool
1: plus two so that's a ten
0: so uh, the cat now gets plus one on its rolls and you can see it wriggle free and limp into an alleyway and jump up a couple boxes onto the roof he turns around on you says I'm very mad that you did that but we're not going to get it now so we have to go help Roman and he runs back
1: I do not feel bad because, despite what this crazy man says, I just helped save an innocent, helpless creature.
0: Okay, uh, the the person on fire that is uh, covered in bandages on fire is still rearing around. So he's he's made a tougher stuff than you would originally think. Uh, and uh, Roman is standing there, still spraying it, and he he's looking a little lost. He's dancing out of its its flaming grasp because uh, it's still going. Uh, and Arthur runs up behind it, says, God damn it. Sorry for my language. And he he takes the flask that was in in his pocket, unscrews the top totally, and just hurls it at the the creature. All of the flames go out at once. And as the flames go out, you realize that there's nothing there except for a pile of dust on the ground.
1: Okay. So now that there is nothing on fire and the... Present danger seems to have left. I look at the two guys, hands on my hips. I am mad as hell. What is going on? This is the weirdest job interview I've ever been on. I still have no idea who he even is, pointing at Roman. What it is as, that you
0: do here? As you're talking, Roman is looking around and he's, he's, the cat, where's the cat? We're getting the cat.
1: What do you mean we've got to get the cat? That poor cat. It's not a cat,
0: he says. Arthur
1: was trying to torture that poor cat. I have no idea what you're doing. You bring me out here into the middle of nowhere. Dangerous situation. Flames everywhere. What the hell did you do to that guy?
0: Roman shuts down and refuses to say anything more. He's staring daggers into you. and head goes, no. I know this is stressful, and maybe it's a a little bit my fault uh, for not informing you what was going on, but... He gestures to the, the pile of dust on the ground. He says, this was Rotep. Uh, He's a mummy. Uh, he's on loan from a British museum. And that cat was the the demon that uh, brought him back to life. So we needed to catch the demon. Was more important than the mummy. And it's, yeah, it's gone now. So there's a demon loose in the city of Pinedale.
1: I'm sorry. Can you repeat this for me just one more time? Demons.
0: Mummies. Yep. So, Pinedale Investigative Supernatural Service. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned that part. It's more than natural, it's Latin. Uh, super meaning. I
1: know what the word supernatural means. Can you please go back to explaining the mummies and the demons? Thank you, Arthur.
0: This is Ra Tep. He is on loan from a British museum.
1: Okay, I understand what all of the words I'm that sorry, you're saying I... mean. Uh,
0: there's demons, there's monsters, there's vampires, there's everything, Molly. And uh, Pinedale's job is to catch them and stop them from wreaking havoc. We deal with the public and how they relate to these monsters. Public relations, I don't think it could be much clearer than public relations hunting down, stopping, or killing these monsters.
1: I sit down on the curb. What was in that tequila that Ophelia gave me last night? This has got Uh, to be a bad trip.
0: Um, This has
1: got to be a bad trip. Please let me wake up. Please let me wake up in my own bed, and none of this has happened, and there is no such thing as monsters.
0: Roman sits down next to you, and he he takes kind of a sigh, and you can feel he's still not happy with you. But he's like, "I remember when I found out. Unfortunately, when I found out, was when my kids were murdered." And you can see. I
1: look. I look at him completely wide-eyed. My face goes pale. I like put a hand on his shoulder. Stop,
0: Roman. Roman,
1: I'm so sorry. Kids
0: were murdered by. I had to find out that a monster was real then. Thank God, Pinedale helped me get revenge on that damned Frankenstein monster.
1: Wait, how long ago was that?
0: Several weeks.
1: So is this a new thing that's been happening? There haven't always been monsters in er, Pinedale.
0: Pinedale, well, right? no, in Pinedale, it is odd that you mention there's always been monsters, but we've existed for the past 30 or so years, almost 30 years, uh, there's always been monsters, uh, Pinedale has had its fair share, it's a big enough city, uh, but, uh, no, it's, it's just been lately, that's why we needed another public relations agent.
1: How is it that the vast majority of people living here are completely oblivious to the fact that there are demons and mummies and Frankensteins?
0: Frankensteins monsters, he says. We killed Frankenstein like 50 years ago. Uh, those are still around now. Okay. Doctor. Dr. Frankenstein.
1: So, how do how do we not know about Ironically,
0: this? Dr. Frankenstein was a Frankenstein. He Frankensteined himself.
1: Okay, can we get back to the question at hand here? How do people not know about this, Roman? Oh, and
0: Arthur says, oh, we're very good at our jobs. He says, that's why we need you. Your quest for the truth and quest to find out what's really going on is what we need in this job.
1: Uh, I mean... Now that I know that this is out here, I guess there's no going back, right? I'm in.